Ramona Tarkin. I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Charming to the last. You don't know how hard I found it signing the order to terminate your life. I'm surprised you had the courage to take the responsibility yourself. Princess Leia, before your execution, I would like you to be my guest at a ceremony that will make this battle station operational. No star system will dare oppose the Emperor now. The more you tighten your grip, Tarkin, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone. So pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 393. To us, she's royalty. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Ray to my Ben, we've got Carl LeClaire. Oh, my goodness. That's a deep cut right there, to quote John Favreau. <laughs> when things aren't deep cuts, but they are to Mr. Favreau. Gotta love that. I love him. Um, oh my goodness! I am I, I once again, Jason. Like I love how long we've been doing this, and how, and how many shows we've done over the years. And it just strikes us when we when we get to do a top five type type episode where we're like, wow, we've never done this before. That's wild. So we are yeah. finally getting to our top five Leia moments. Um, she is the queen, the princess of the Star Wars galaxy. So there's so many powerful. Leia moments to discuss, and we're just going to get to a few of them in this week's episode, but I'm so excited to get into those. I'm very excited, too. This was this is one that we kind of were like, let's change it up. Let's do that. Let's do this episode this week. And we're like, yeah, that sounds great. And it, uh, I'm so excited. I'm so very excited for this episode. Oh, that makes two of us. And before we get into this, though, um, of course, uh, my buddy Greg, who was on last week to discuss Nostalgia and Star Wars, which was a... I'll tell you, Jason, that episode was a blast, but uh, I felt like I, I added nothing. Greg had all, so many great questions. Um, I wish we were the ones asking the questions because I would have liked to hear his response more. I struggled to give my answers, but it was a great topic, and I love that we got a chance to visit. And I think it's it's a topic we'll get to revisit time and time again as the years go on because it's just, it's just so ingrained in the DNA of Star Wars, this aspect of nostalgia. It was. Um, and I will say, Carl, I know you feel like you struggled to give answers, but you gave good answers. I, you know, a lot of what you would say would inspire me to come up with a different thought and things like that. So I loved the discussion. It was a fantastic discussion. And I, I definitely will look forward to whenever we, we talk about nostalgia and Star Wars again. So yes. Yes, indeed. Um, but Greg also came up with a great new concept of how to just a way to change things up a bit on doing matchups. And we won't obviously always do them like this, but I, I loved this concept of putting just two two really big iconic scenes um, against one another, and and especially going off that that topic of nostalgia. These are two moments that I think we're going to go down in, in Star Wars 
history as very iconic moments. Um, so uh, we have the Kessel Run from Solo and the Throne Room Duel from Last Jedi. And once again, the Larians uh, came out and, and forced to, to respond to this new style of matchup. And what did they have to say, Jason? Oh, man, they said quite a bit. And um, I, I honestly was a little surprised it, it ended up being uh, this close. I thought it was going to be a bit more one-sided, to be perfectly honest, when he came up with the, the idea. Uh, but we have uh, across our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages um, a significant amount of responses, uh, almost uh, 90, a little over 90 responses total. We have um, 37 votes for the Kessel Run and 54 for the Throne Room Duel from The Last Jedi um, from our Larians. So uh, I, honestly, I thought it was going to be a lot heavier on the, the dual side than the Kessel Run. I love the Kessel Run. I think it's fun, but I just thought that since it's lightsabers and that <laughs> duel is the iconic moment of The Last Jedi for so many people, I just thought, well, that's probably going to overwhelm it. But it didn't. It still won, but it didn't overwhelm it. But, Carl, what, where do you fall on this one? Well, as you know, Jason, and so many folks that, that have been listening for a while know, obviously Solo is my second favorite Star Wars movie. However, However. Kessel Run is not particularly my favorite part of the movie. Um, so that being said, the Throne Room Duel is probably one of my favorite moments in all of the sequels. So this one takes the cake by far for me as well. Um, as much as as much fun as the Kessel Run is, and it and it definitely is. It's got some great moments within it. Um, the that duel in Last Jedi is just so powerful, right? It's this moment when we did not see coming. We did not see Snoke going down like that. We certainly did not expect to see Rey and Kylo fighting back to back. And the choreography of this fight to me is second only to the Duel of the Fates. Um, I think it's the 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 most incredibly choreographed uh, fight in the entire sequel, tri sequel trilogy and kind of in a league of its own. Nothing comes close to this, in my opinion, from the sequels. Um, so, again, just the heart of that fight, the, 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 the fight itself is just so good. Um, so for me, that's why it takes the cake. But what about you? Where do you land on this? Because I know you also very much love Solo and love a good... Uh, space chase so i'm yes. where do you where do you fall on this i i do there are some some of my favorite moments in that uh in solo are from that that chase you know the the moment where where chewy takes control of the co-pilot's chair um you know beckett moaning about his thumbs uh you know <laughs> things like that I, I i love those kinds of moments and it's a terrific scene however I think I am still going to come down on the duel, um, the duel in the Last Jedi. It's ju it's just so good, um, and it's sort of like a glimpse into what could have been, um, but it's also a sneak peek at at how they operate when when Palpatine comes into the the picture at the end of Rise of Skywalker. You know when they team up, it's like ah, not only is it like. This is kind of where they they might be heading as as these two people, and it gives us that that glimpse at the dyad that they they identify in the Rise of Skywalker. But then it also goes, but they're going to have to do it again. So I think because of that and and how that kind of thing 
how that scene pays off in the rise of Skywalker by giving us a bit of foreshadowing. I think I'm going to pick the throne, the throne room duel in uh, last Jedi as well. So, which gives us uh, 37 for the Kessel run and 56 as our total uh, for the throne room duel, this matchup. Nice. I'm looking forward to doing more of these in, in the future. Me too. Me too. I like this. I like this. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, my buddy, Greg. <laughs> um, and uh, so, of course, we will have a poll for you at the end of the episode, which I'm sure you're going to be able to guess, being that we're doing a top five Leia moments. Um, but also at the end of the episode, we'll continue on with the A New Hope radio drama. Uh, we have episode four, While Giants Mark Time, coming up at the end of the episode. So stick around if, if you'd like to follow along with that. Um, I do have to say, I like how I like the titles for each of the chapters. Oh, they're so it's, good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not like super Star Warsy, but it still makes sense when you, you know, listen to what's in the, uh, the episode. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love them. Um, so, so Leia, Leia, kind of a central character in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and of course, obviously portrayed by the, the late, Carrie Fisher, whom we've all come to love even more dearly in, in recent history, just just because of who she is as a person, not to mention her untimely passing. Um, right. Uh, but before we dive into our list, I, I got to give I, I was I was at the comic store yesterday with my friend Mike and I was telling him we were doing this episode and I was like, you know, weirdly enough, I actually I haven't sat down and done my list yet and I, I'm struggling to think of what my top five might be. And he's like, oh, there's just so many good ones. And he made a great point, and I, I promised him I would bring it up on the show, that um, he made a great point of Leia is the one character that R2-D2 is present with at her birth and her death. Um, and oh. he's like, do what you want with that, and I don't, I'm not really going to do much with it, to be honest. Um, but uh, it, it's his point, so I'm sure he, has a lot, he would have a lot more to say about it. But I just thought that was really fascinating i just never even thought of it that you're right r2 is there when padme gives birth on polis masa and then he's also there mourning her her passing there on asian claws so um while he's not with the entirety of her life he is there for her in you know her her birth and her passing and i just think that's so incredible because again the original idea of the droids being the storytellers um yeah it's so iconic that R2 is going to be able to give a great accounting for the princess of Alderaan. So, yeah, the last princess of Alderaan. Yeah. Um, God, that that's, I, I guess I knew that, but I didn't actually make that connection until, you know, you just brought that up here. Yeah. Thanks Mike. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, I thought it yeah. was just a, a, a simple yet brilliant point. Yeah. It's cool. It's, you know, I, I don't know. It's not really going to affect my list at all. Um, but it's it's definitely an interesting thought and something for me to ponder for future discussions down the road. Yeah, um, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, cool. Well, let's let's dive in. Since I started with a non-point, um, I'm going to let you. <laughs> as as always, we've got an honorable mention because we yeah. can't do a top five list without them. Um, no. Jason, I'm going to give it to you first. Though, what is your first honorable mention? My first honorable mention, we're hitting the, you know, almost right up at the beginning of A New Hope. Uh, Stormtroopers are combing the Tantive IV or the Tantive E4, however you want to pronounce it, uh, for 
for rebels and and sneak thieves and things like that. And Leia's hiding in the uh, the works of the ship. She pokes her head out, and uh, stormtroopers see her, and she shoots him in the face. Um, I love it. Leia shoots first. Leia always shoots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I. You know, it's it's a quick moment, uh, and of course they 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 then stun her and take her to Vader afterwards. But it's just a quick moment, and it's it's one of those things where we've we've been introduced to her very briefly in just a you know a quick few quick shots um, as she's slinking around the the this area of the ship. And you're like, well, she's obviously the princess; she's the good guy, one of the good guys because of you know she's wearing all white. Um, but the the idea that all of a sudden she's got a blaster and she fires first um, on the stormtroopers just sends the message that she's not one to wait to be rescued. She's not one to have people fight her battles for her. She's tough and she will get down. You know, she'll she'll take you down if given half a chance. So uh, I. I just love that moment. It's a it's a great little moment, um, and it's my honorable mention. I've always I've always enjoyed seeing Leia shoot a stormtrooper um, like that. So in her regal gown, no less. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's it's like Padme sitting down in the throne um, and shooting battle droids uh, in Phantom Menace. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great moment. I mean, so iconic and. Uh, it, 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 as soon as you brought it up, it, it, I just my brain immediately went to though the the skit they did with that from Robot Chicken, where the she you know the stormtroopers say set for stun, then she kills one, and then you know they stun her, and they're like he said set for stun, he wasn't gonna hurt you. Um, it's just so <laughs> really funny. But to your point, yeah, I mean it, right off the bat, I mean yes, we see her briefly before that sneaking the plans into R2, but this is the first real like statement of who this character is. And she shows up and just like, she's going to fight, you know, she's not yeah. going to just surrender. She's not going to just give up. Um, even though she knows they're hunting for her and she's severely outnumbered, she still goes down swinging. Um, that's who Leia is. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's so good. Yeah. So oh, that's, that's awesome my honorable mention what's your honorable mention sir uh well we're gonna go to the frozen plains of hoth and inside of echo base in the empire strikes back and it's the moment when leia is commanding the troops giving them the escape plan from echo base i've always loved this moment um and it's great because we get to see leia as this military leader and she's the one delivering the tactical plan now we don't know if this is her plan exactly or if it's something that came was you know General Riken came up with or they came up with together doesn't really matter. All that matters is she's the one delivering the message to the troops, to the pilots. And I like I actually like that there's that one pilot who, you know, who kind of just kind of a ghastly exclaims like two fighters against a star destroyer. And the reason I even like that in the way that Leia responds to it is is they're not afraid to push back. Right there. And I think and that's not because of a lack of respect for Leia, but actually a tremendous amount of respect for Leia that they're willing to share their concerns. And Leia is the type of leader who will hear them and respond to those concerns. Right. So she immediately gives, you know, they're nervous about that. She's like, 
The ion can will several sh- fire several shots so that your flight path should be clear, right? Like she's thought it all through. They trust her. And to me, that's an incredibly powerful moment is that these soldiers, these pilots entrust their lives to Leia. And again, like their ability to just voice what is their concerns to her shows that they're not afraid they're not afraid of being smacked down by her, right? She's not a strong authoritarian who just says, these are the commands, follow them blindly. But she welcomes questions of doubt. She welcomes a little bit of that that fearfulness to come up, and she responds to it immediately mm-hmm. and sternly yet compassionately. Like, I love that. I love yeah. her leadership style. Um, yeah. I, and I love how she just ends it with, understood? Yeah. Good Good luck. So- yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's it's a great scene and she's she's um you know definitely definitely no slouch but you're right it, it is one of those things where um a, a lesser commander would have been taken offense to that question and she's like nope here's the answer for it and we're going to just move on we're, here's your answer we've thought about your question here's your answer you're going to do the job and we're going to do it the best we can. You know, there are no good options here. You know, she's not going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, so there's no good options. This is how we have to do it. We've thought of your questions and this is the best we can do. So good luck. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's a great scene. It's a great scene. Yeah. Um, well, bring us into your, within your, uh, your number five. All right, my number five. Um, I'm I'm going back to a new hope, um, and this is another little moment. It's uh, she's got some really great little moments. I've got some bigger scenes later on, but she's got some really great little moments. And this is um, at the Dejeric table in the Falcon as they've blasted out of the Death Star, and Luke is there, you know, in very distraught about losing Ben, and she comes over, and you know, takes the time out to comfort him. And to to see that he's okay. Never mind the fact that she has just earlier that morning watched her entire planet get blown to pieces. So, you know, she's she could have been she could have been Luke in that situation. She could have been sulking in the corner and, you know, just, you know, it, it, and I think it was a robot chicken sketch or, or, or maybe it was. Yeah, it is. Robot family. Chicken. It is. It is robot chicken. Oh, <laughs> Oh, you lost an old man that you just met three days ago? My entire planet got blown up, you know? Um, yeah, she could have done that. She could have done that and just absolutely crushed him. Um, but she doesn't. She takes the time. She's compassionate. She's strong. She's feisty. She's got fight and, and authority, but she's also very compassionate. And, and sometimes I think we, we get a little stuck on her her brashness and her, her fight and her drive and her strength that we forget about the soft tender side of Leia which is equally important. So uh that's part of why I wanted to have this on my list. So Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great moment. It's it's not a mind but uh you know um um right there with you that uh in a lot of ways too that this this moment really does come back again and again specifically in the sequels when things go bad at the beginning of the sequels right han runs off to smuggling luke runs off into exile 
Leia's the one though who continues on, right? Um, mm-hmm. And in some ways, it's you know the men get all caught up in their shattered egos and you know feel buried by their failures, whereas Leia can understand that loss happened, but you got to keep fighting. Right. And that's that's what I love is is she, like you said, Jason, and obviously like robot chicken kind of even makes a joke at she could have, you know, really slammed him down or given him a different perspective. But instead, she just comforts him in that moment. And I think the reason I love that moment is, is it's such a beautiful life lesson that, you know, there's such a danger in comparing experience and specifically experiences of loss or heartache. And, you know, I think it's always unfair, like somebody can have a really, really bad life and then someone with not such a bad life can complain about one little thing. But rather than being like, oh, that's what you have to deal with. Well, I've had to deal with this, this and this. It's like this isn't a comparison. What's important is just seeing somebody in their problems, seeing someone in their in their sadness. It doesn't matter if it's less or more than yours. What matters is just seeing them. And I think, again, like this is what makes Leia so profoundly mature is Mm -hmm. Rather than dwelling on her own sense of loss, she's willing to see him in his own sense of loss because in a very simple way, she gets it. She knows what it's like to feel loss. Hers is yeah. a far more profound loss, but she doesn't use that. That's not like some, you know, it's not something she holds over Luke. It's just a simple like, wow, he's grieving right now. I'm going to be there for him. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, and and I she's, just, yeah. Sorry. She's always been incredibly mature you know way more than her age you know um and because you know luke and leia are the same age here and he seems so much younger than she does um throughout a new hope you know the the way that they behave there really does seem to be an age gap that age gap closes um you know the 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 uh superficial age gap closes over the course of the trilogy and they you know sometimes it seems luke has gotten older by the time we get to return of the jedi than she has um but uh you know especially in a new hope he seems so much younger than she does but you know they're twins so same age it's always interesting to compare the 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 maturity there and the level of you know but of course he grew up on a moisture farm she grew up in a palace so right uh, (laughs) yeah yeah i mean just very different life experiences. Indeed. Um, but yeah, that's a great moment. I'm so glad you brought it up. Thank you. What is your number five then? So, uh, well, we're going to stay in a new hope and, uh, I call it standing tall to Tarkin. Um, and, uh, this is the clip I used at the top of the show, but, Oh, this is just such a great moment for Leia. I, she comes marching in I mean, she's the prisoner, but yet the way she's walking in front of Vader in this moment, it's almost like she's in control. I love that. She's the prisoner, but her body language says, I'm in control of this, you know, and even in, you know, even with this looming monster behind her in Darth Vader, you've got this, you know, tyrannical um, maniac in front of her in the, you know, the guise of a gentleman in Tarkin. She's surrounded by these, you know, monstrously powerful men. And yet, not for a moment does she feel intimidated. And, 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 I, and I love that. First and foremost is just the body language, the way she holds herself. And even as she's talking, it's almost like you can see like her shoulders are back. She's standing tall, right? I mean, that's, that's literally an expression, right? Stand tall. It, it's this expression that means stand up and fight, right? Uh, it's a great movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, too, Standing Tall. I love that movie. Um, but, um, but, right, we see Leia standing tall in this moment. And, and I just love the... 
you know, just the, the, the simple contrast of this tiny young woman in all white with this black, you know, black clad monster and this, you know, gentlemanly old man. And yet she's the one who holds herself with such tremendous poise. Um, and one of my favorite lines that Leia ever delivers is the more you tighten your grip Tarkin, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. Right? This is the, this is the voice of a young rebel, <laughs> right? This is George Lucas's voice. Um, in the face of a, you know, uh, an overbearing 1970s American government, right? Like it's just the reality of the tighter you hold things, the more likely they are going to slip through your fingers. Um, and in a weird way, I just, I thought like this actually connects well. She, it's almost like she senses Tarkin's fear that he's trying to hold on to control, but Leia's just basically laughing at it. Um, and we even see Tarkin's fear um, kind of showcased in Rogue One, the first time he shows up in Rogue One and he's talking with Krennic. And he's he's really pissed off at Krennic ultimately because he's like, if news of this gets out, it's going to f- make systems flock to the rebellion, right? If they hear what we're doing here. And just like Leia understands what what the Empire now controls with the Death Star. But she also understands that while they think that this element of fear is going to give them control, you can't rule by fear. Leia knows that in her own heart. And I just love the way she kind of just throws that back at them. And even, you know, even when they threaten her very own heart, which is the planet of Alderaan, she still doesn't give up the rebels, right? She lies. It's, oh, they're on Dantooine, right? Um, you know, so it seems there in that moment, it seems like they finally have cracked her. But even still there, she lies. She stands up for the cause. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's this moment where we really see Leia, you know, speaking truth to this power, not afraid of what they presume their power to be. Um, and even though they do shatter her heart when they destroy Alderaan in that moment, Leia also has a firmer conviction of you're really done now. Like you are doomed. And that's actually a moment I want to actually draw from the radio drama. So this is coming up in a few episodes, obviously, but in the, a new hope radio drama, when Alderaan is destroyed, um, and Sachs, who plays Carrie Fisher, or excuse me, plays Leia, um, <laughs> exclaims this beautiful line where she says, you are enemies of life itself. Your empire is doomed. I, I just, I love that. Like the empire is literally anti-life <laughs> like it destroys anything life doesn't even matter to them so leia understands that while her heart was just shattered she also understands that this is now a call to action to the rest of the galaxy and i think that even though she hangs her head with despair her heart is still strong in knowing that they just shot themselves in the foot yeah so um that's my number res- five i'm gonna be reserving comments so uh, nice yeah. <laughs> well, let's get to your number four then. My number four. Uh, we are going to uh, head into the the caves of Echo Base um, yet again. Uh, how about a little medical bay where she gets into a bit of a tiff with <laughs> a certain Han Solo and just about uh, calls him every name she can think of. A half-witted, scruffy, you know, stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder and of course the thing he Ooh, takes offense at is looking. scruffy looking so <laughs> um <laughs> I, I 
I don't know. It's it's just one of the classic Leia lines, and I love it so much. And then you know, the scene, the way the scene ends, um, and she you know goes in for the the smooch with Luke just to drive Han up a wall, and you know three PO runs up to get a good look at it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just. Uh, the the chemistry of the actors in that scene was great. They they I don't know that that must have been a fun scene to film that day. But um, I, I don't know. I I don't have too much as to why I love this scene so much, other than it just cracks me up. And you know, it, uh, it's kind of funny to watch Han get under her skin a little bit because she's so usually in control. Um. And so when she does, you know, kind of lash out a bit, the worst that she can call him is a nerf herder. So <laughs> I'm sure there's worse things she's heard. But I don't know. I I, I like the scene. It's funny. It cracks me up. Um, and I don't I don't have much else to say uh, as to why I love it other than that. So, but it's my number four. Nice. Yeah, that's it's it's such a like comical scene. Um, yeah. Right. Like. You know uh, the the comedy that 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 brings to just kind of lighten the mood, even though it is this these two folks fighting. Um, yeah, it is one of the few times where we see like I like the way you said that like somebody gets under Leia's skin. Yeah, um, and of course only Han is able to do that. You know. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, and 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 classic cinema that was how like romantic relationships often kind of showcase themselves is that you like each other so much that you also drive each other crazy. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we see, um, we see that this is heading towards romance in a weird way because of the fact that they can really get under each other's skin. Yeah. They care enough about each other that when somebody does something, you know, stupid or annoying, it really gets them upset, you know? Well, and it's right. Like, Somebody you really care about, you can also you know what to say to really hurt them, right? Oh yeah. So Leia insults Han's ego, his self-image. So mm-hmm. Han attacks the one thing that Leia is kind of weirdly a weakness of Leia is just simply saying, "Must have got you know, must have hit pretty close to the mark to get her all riled up like that." You know, he's indicating I know how to get to you. I know how to get under your skin. So she, oh okay. I guess you don't know everything about women yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and puts him right back in his place. Yeah. yeah. That's a great moment. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, what is your number four then, sir? Well, we are going to leave the caves of Echo Base and head to the cave of Crate. Um, mine, my number four is what I call revisiting Luke on Crate. So I just, you know... I love character moments more than anything. <laughs> um, so while there's obviously lots of great Leia action, I don't have a ton of Leia action moments, to be completely honest. Um, but I love this moment because it's Leia at her lowest. And we've never seen Leia low. And yeah. I'm not saying that I like that she's brought low, but it's an incre- incredibly human moment for Leia. And that's why I like this so much. So at this point of the story, she has seemingly lost Everything and everyone, right? The resistance is about to be snuffed out. Han is gone. 
and now it seems that even Ben is gone and totally irredeemable. You know, he's he's more helmet now than man, <laughs> twisted in <laughs> <and> Kylo. <laughs> um, yeah. Even though he doesn't have a helmet at that time, but whatever. Right, but what? in this moment, Leia really, for the first time ever on camera, do we see the character of Leia seem to give up hope. Yeah. And the reason I like this moment so much, specifically from Leia's, I mean, I love this moment for Luke as well, but the reason I love it so much for Leia is because it's a nice reminder that even the best of us, and this is kind of a theme of last Jedi, even the best of us can sometimes lose hope, right? Mm -hmm. That sometimes we need someone or something to come in and spark our spirits again. So, you know, this is just, to me, it's, it's an incredibly powerful moment. And after she has this encounter with Luke, her hope is restored. She does think that Ben can be redeemed, even if Luke's not the one to do it. And I love that, you know, Luke hands her those dice. Also, I love, this is one of my favorite musical moments in Star Wars too, right? We get the Luke and Leia theme, but then as Luke hands her the dice, it transitions into the Han and Leia theme right after he says no one's ever truly gone. So it reminds her that even Han isn't gone. And she spoke a truth in Force Awakens to Han Solo. There is still light in him. And mm -hmm. I think in that moment, she remembers that she can be party to, to Ben's redemption. Yeah, Luke's not going to do it, but it's not Luke's place to do it, right? Um, so I just, I love that moment that at her lowest... Um, even Leia needs some inspiration. Um, and I think in a weird way, it's a powerful moment because, you know, last Jedi very clearly shows that Luke is not a superhero. Um, and I think that's an important message. Leia's always kind of been a superhero too, but not here in this moment. And, and, and again, I like that because perfection isn't human, <laughs> Right. And and not to say that Leia doesn't have moments other than this, but this is this to me is the most profound, uh, despairing moment for Leia. Um, and the thing is, is all it takes is just this little spark, and she's right back to it. Right? She doesn't give up after this. You know, she just needed one little thing, and she she gets it through Luke's reminder. Right? And it's not even explicitly that. Luke gave it to her. Luke just reminded her of something that was already there, you know, well, and it was her own belief that there is still light in him. As she said to Han in, in force awakens. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the thing. Um, you know, Luke comes there just full of regret and remorse for, you know, going into exile, cutting her off, uh, you know, disappearing on her and for, for letting her son become Kylo Ren. You know, he's just he comes to her, you know, basically hat in hand, you know, begging her to forgive him. And her from her perspective, him walking through that door, whether, you know, it was in real, you know, as a real person or in the, the force projection doesn't matter to her because him walking through that door and returning is the the hope that she needed the lift that she needed is what she needed and and just him being there means everything to her at that point she you know she's already 
forgiven him for all these things that he's coming here full of regret for. Um, and, and she is just so filled with, with joy and hope at just seeing him again, you know, because that's something she needed. She needed that boost, that, that, that lift, that things are going to be okay. And, you know, her brother is back and he's going to help out. You know, it's, um, I, I just find that dichotomy. I've always enjoyed the scene more for Luke, but I like that you you're using it for Leia here. Um, because it is, it is very interesting that the, the, the dynamic between the two, it, it is a, uh, a reconciliation of siblings, although she's already done all the work on her part. He just has to come in and accept it, you know, but him coming in to accept it is all that she needs to keep, keep moving forward and to have that hope, have that spark to, to drive on into the rise of Skywalker. Uh, so, mm. so yeah, so. yeah, no, it's, oh, it's a, it's a great moment. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah. Um, well, we go into your number three then. And number three, we're staying in the, the last Jedi, uh, for this one. However, uh, we're going to be spinning in the, you know, depths of space at the moment. Um, this is a very controversial scene, uh, in terms of whether or not people enjoy it, but I absolutely love it. Uh, I have <laughs> affectionately dubbed it the Leia Poppins moment. Um, and it is Leia, you know, getting blasted out of the, the Radis control bridge. And waking up and using the force to pull herself back inside the ship um, in order to, to, to safety. Um, and the reason I love this moment so much is because we get the idea at the end of Return of the Jedi that she is starting to accept and understand that she can use the force. You know, when she tells Han that Luke wasn't on the Death Star, she can feel it. We get that idea. We come to Force Awakens, and she doesn't really display anything beyond where she was at the end of Return of the Jedi in terms of Force ability, because she said, you know, she senses Han's death through the Force. That's what we see out of her in terms of the Force in the Force Awakens. And I've always been, you know, one who, even in the the old Legends continuity, someone who really wanted to see Leia take advantage of the Jedi path and the force training and that kind of thing, you know, a bit more proactively. Um, I understand why that doesn't happen exactly. And we get, you know, kind of that she started down that path and decided to, to not continue on it uh, in the rise of Skywalker. But when we have that moment of her floating out in space and waking up and using the force like that, it, it was all I needed to go. She did. She pursued this. She's learned. She's been. She's accepted. This is part of who she is. The Force, the Jedi, you know, teachings and things like that. And that, you know, I do like the visuals of the moment. I think it's a great moment, and the it's a kind of a nice little nod and and wink. Uh, when she comes through the the blasted out uh, control room 
and splits Snow the hologram of Snoke's ship right where Holdo hits it later in the movie. She goes through the hologram right at that same point. Um, it's a nice little moment, but uh, you know, I, I just love what it means um, to Leia and that that moment that yes, she did, she did pursue this. She is a Jedi in a sense, you know, maybe not a full, you know, fully armed and operational Jedi. No, <laughs> um, but uh, she, you know, she's not going out swinging a lightsaber like Luke is, but she does adhere to the teachings and the, the abilities that she has with the force. And so that's why this moment is so high for me. And it will always be high for me is because that's where we get to see her really kind of utilize that for the first time. So, yeah, no, it's great. It's, 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 uh, you know, I mean, visually it still doesn't exactly work for me. I'll be honest. Like the whole flying through space just looks silly, but I do love what the scene encapsulates for all the reasons you just said, Jason, um, you know, again, just visually, it just, it felt pure Disney and, and not in a good way, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, I but, like it, but, uh, no, that's totally fair. And there's several people that do. Um, but whether or not you like it visually shouldn't diminish what it means to the spirit of the character, because it's perfect in that regard, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Like, again, I still, I mean, I love the, 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 you know, the close-up of her hand kind of coming to life and then her eyes opening. I think that's all perfect. It's not until she's literally Mary Poppins that there's like a weird disconnect for me visually. But like <laughs> you said, I love that, you know, this is a very strong statement of, of course, Leia knows how to use the force and knows how to use it well. Yeah. Um, right. She, she can call on the force in this moment of what seems to be death to bring herself back to life, you know, um, not quite fully resurrection. She's not dead quite yet. She's not coming literally back to life, but she's in a very dire situation that she needs to quickly escape. Um, and as soon as she comes to, and I almost think it is the force that kind of shakes her awake, you know, almost like a, a, an outside entity, um, that as her hand starts to come awake, I mean, what's John Williams is telling us, that the force is working right now because the force theme is the first thing we hear before her, her, you know, her theme swells beautifully as she goes flying towards the Radis. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a great moment because, uh, it very concretely says Leia is strong in the force, just like Luke said in return of the Jedi. And while she is not a fully operational <laughs> armed and operational Jedi for whatever that might mean, she <laughs> is very, very, very much, powerful in the force indeed um, so yeah no yeah. i love that you put, put that moment on there again like still visually it doesn't doesn't quite work for me still and it, but i love what it is so yeah i love it for that reason um i'm I, so glad you have it on the list i am too <laughs> <laughs> what is your number three then sir uh so mine is is is, is it's in the sim it's in a very similar spirit to what you just talked of um, and it's force projecting to Ben in Rise of Skywalker. Um, so, and I think this is a scene that is obviously very much up for interpretation, right? Because there's this is a scene where it's not very clear exactly what's happening, and I think that is on purpose, and I like that it's on purpose. Yeah. Um, but this scene, there's just so much going on. It, it, Leia really believes 
that Ben's going to return to the light. And she gives up her own life for, in order to see that come to pass. Right. Um, she saw this ability to force project from Luke on crate, right? Like she's well aware as soon as Luke kisses her on the forehead that he's not there. And, yeah. um, you know what he does that's, there. That's why he so that look, you know, right yeah. before he walks out, he's like, mm, don't yep. tell anybody. Right. <laughs> so she's well aware of this ability, but what last Jedi made very clear to, to all of us is that the ability to do this is draining and it can probably kill you and probably will. Yeah. Um, and what's actually really great is in the novel for Rise of Skywalker, uh, Luke is in the novel talking to Leia quite a bit, actually. It's really wonderful. Um, something that would have been awesome to have in the movie, and I'm sure it would have been had Carrie not passed. Um, I think a lot of things would have been different had Carrie not passed, obviously. But yeah. uh, in the novel, you know, uh, Luke shows up a lot, and he's basically encouraging her to, to let go and do this. You know, you know what you need to do to reach your son. You got to do it. But in the novel, she's she's kind of delaying, not because she's afraid of dying or what that might mean. She just wants to make sure everything's in place before she departs. And that literally means that the resistance is in good hands with Poe and Finn. Um, she wants to make sure that Rey is good and ready to inherit the future of the Jedi Order. Like she wants to this is very typical Leia, right? She's not gonna let go until she knows all of the pieces are together. Um but you know, she she chooses to give up her life to save her son again that that spark of hope that was relit in her at the end of last jedi with luke showing up on crate she sees that through to its fullness um and she brings to pass what she said to han you know luke couldn't do it but me you right like she really believes that the two of them um because for whatever reason and again this still hasn't been that well visited and i hope that it it will be at some point, and I'm sure it will. But why Ben felt so slighted by Han and Leia? But it's clear that he did. So it takes yeah. kind of the two of them to bring him back. And now this is my own headcanon, Jason. This is not in any way supported directly by the movie or the novel. But in mm -hmm. my headcanon, right, because we're all trying to contend with how's Han there. All we know is that he's somehow a memory of Ben's. Um, he's clearly not a force ghost because we know what those look like. But in my mind, and actually uh, Greg sent me this great um, – somebody posted this on Twitter. And I wish I remember who it was so I could give them the credit. But somebody made this beautiful point about how they like to understand that that's actually Leia as Han. And she chooses to take the form of Han because that's the person that Ben needs to reconcile with before he can totally shed the Kylo Ren identity. I don't know that I'd go that far that she takes the form of Han, but I do think that she's using the force to somehow project Han to Ben. Yeah. Um, project the memory to yes. him. Yeah. So that to me, again, like to, to the point you were just making, Jason, you know, the sequels are showing us how strong Leia is. And I think this is, this shows in the fullness, how strong in the force Leia is. She's able to, I mean, she clearly calls him and he hears her and he turns and in my opinion, he turns and sees her there. Um, and it's so powerful because again, like right before that fight with Ray, he says to her, you know, you can't go back to her like I can't, right? He really thinks that Leia's done with him, but she's right there. Not, not done with you, Ben. Um, yeah. and it's, she's come there. She's come there to see him. Yeah, exactly. See him just as he is not to judge him just to see him. And it's a beautiful reminder that a mother's love is truly unconditional. 
Um, to me, in a very powerful way, this moment matches so perfectly with Shmi letting go of Anakin and, for, and Phantom Menace, right? Um, a mother's love is totally unconditional. And, and uh, you know, they're not afraid of letting go of parts of themselves to see the fullness of their child come to light. And that's what Shmi does. It's obviously, in a way, it kills Shmi, I'm sure, to see Anakin leave. This literally kills Leia to give to reach out one last time to basically say, I love you to her son. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, in a lot of ways, Shmi Skywalker, the mother of Skywalker, I say in this moment, Leia becomes the mother of Skywalker. Um, So I love this moment. I just think it's so powerful. She completes that circle. Yeah. So it's a really powerful moment. Um, And I love, and and I'm, Right there with you, I, with your headcanon about this scene, um, I think I definitely think she's somehow projecting this or or, or being able to, to to create this connection between Han and and Ben. However, that is exactly I'm not sure because you know Force is mysterious, um, but. Uh, I, I'm totally on board with you and there's nothing in the, you know, there's nothing to say that that, that can't be. Um, and I think there's enough wiggle room to say that that is what's happening. Um, you know, that she's there using the force, using this projection ability of some, you know, to, to not project herself necessarily anymore maybe just that brief moment to reach out and and say his name, but then to project a memory out to Ben um, and, and allow him that moment to reconcile. So I I love it. It's, it's beautiful. And, and she knows this is her final act. She definitely knows this is the last thing she will will do in this world. And that's confirmed by Maz, right? Um, Leia, you know, she knows what she must do are to, to, you know, to say, to reach her son now will take all the strength she has left. Right. She's yeah. confirming that to us. I mean, it's weird that she's saying it's R2, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very, it's very clear that this is what Leia, this is the choice Leia is making. Yeah. Well, in our, you know, I think it's fun that she's saying it's R2 in light of your, and a lot of yeah. Mike's comments. Yeah, uh, you know, he yeah. was there at her birth. He was taking the plans for her. Uh, now he's there, concerned about her, and then he's there for her death. Yeah. So I think it's great. Archie's great. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. That was your number three, right? Yeah. So we're up to your number two. Ah, well, we're heading to the Endor forests in Return of the Jedi, and uh, we're, we're going to have uh, Leia meeting up with a certain Ewok named Wicket, yes. Wicket Ewok. <laughs> I absolutely love this scene. It's such a fun, cute little scene. You know, we, we get introduced to the Ewoks, but, you know, we get to see Leia at work in a, in a very comfortable way trying to, to navigate uh, unfamiliar language barriers and, you know, make, you know, make friends, make peace with the locals here. Um, <laughs> as she trying to, you know, figures this out, you know, trying to determine, all right, 
nobody else is here. Well, how am I going to take care? You know, get back to this. Well, maybe they'll help me. Um, so <laughs> I've got uh, action figure Wicket marching across Carl's screen at me. Um, <laughs> Sorry, can't help. <laughs> can't help uh, myself. <laughs> it's fine. I love it. Um, but then, of course, they get interrupted by the scout troopers. And she jumps right back into the warrior princess role. Um, and between her and Wicket, they take out the scout troopers uh, in pretty pretty quick order. So uh, it's, a, it's a great little moment. It's a great little scene. Um, I, I love it. I love... I love the idea that she probably thinks Wicket is super adorable, but at the same time, she's trying to treat him like a, you know, an equal, you know, it's probably, it's, you know, I'm sure in the back of her mind, she's like, oh, this is so cute, but don't treat it like a puppy dog. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) he's a, it's a, it's a sentient being. So she, she tries to interact with him on equal terms, you know, and try and figure out how they can communicate despite a language barrier and no 3PO to translate. So, um, and obviously it works because she shows up dressed in, uh, you know, an Ewok made dress next time we see her. Um, so <laughs> she is a, not only is she a warrior and a leader, but she's also a negotiator. Yeah. And is able to, you know, bring people together. Yeah. So. Um, this was very close to being on my list, obviously, because <laughs> I, I, goodness, I love, I love Wicket. I love yes. Ewoks. Um, it's not, however, but that being said, I, I, I'm glad that you opened the door for me to talk about it because uh, it is it's, it, it's so much of what you said I, I really love about it. And first and foremost, I think it just it shows us Leia's character that she, like you said, doesn't immediately like diminish this creature. You know, she she does her best to communicate with him. She sees value in him. Right. Um, Leia does not treat him as less than and struggles through the language barrier. Like you said, Mm um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just such a good moment. And, and in a weird way, it's also a, uh, maybe not weird, but, um, this is a very unique moment for Leia, right? Leia is always very driven, right? Very task oriented, goal oriented. They have a tight window here, right? That fleet is coming at a specific time. They need to have that shield down, she doesn't really have time to dilly dally. And yet she stops to take the moment here to interact with Wicket, to really see Wicket, to try to create some sense of bond here between them, even even beyond the you know, the language and cultural differences. And you know, I think she understands um that while this is just a cute little cuddly creature it has value and that value, you know, again, this is to me, the spirit of Qui-Gon and Phantom Menace. Um, and, and, that, and this isn't to say that this is not also that Leia is just pretending to be Qui-Gon. I don't mean that at all, but it's the similar sense of that spirit of, um, <clears throat> you know, nothing. Why is do sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Yeah. <laughs> Leia doesn't believe in pathetic life forms. She believes no, she in doesn't. life forms and they have value. So I yeah. love that moment. And like you said, then, I think in light of the fact that she and Wicket together take down this team of scout troopers, she realizes that this little furry creature might have something to bring to the cause too, right? It might have 
um, something uh, to offer. Um, and that becomes abundantly clear when she starts walking one way and Wicket's like, uh-uh, this way, this way. And he, and she follows, yeah. right? She chooses to follow him because she knows he knows, right? She's not yeah. the native. She doesn't know her way around this forest, but he does. I'm going to go with him. And right. I remind you might know this better than me. I feel like there's a forces of destiny that does show us how she kind of gets the dress. I'm almost positive in the first season. There's, you know, one yes. of the shorts of her getting the dress and, and I, I vaguely, I think I watched it once and it was, you know, when it first came out. So I don't really remember the details, but be that as it may, even just in the movie, Han, Luke and Chewie show up shackled because mm-hmm. they're specifically Han. His initial reaction was one of violence. So they're a threat. Whereas Leia's is one of compassion. So she's mm-hmm. welcomed right in. Right. Um, I don't think it's, they see people as directly food, um, I think they're willing to eat anything. <laughs> they're definitely meat eaters, but yes. they see that Leia is something special, right? Um, so yeah, I love that you brought this moment up. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, and for those wondering, uh, the forces of destiny short, uh, she helps uh, wicket rescue a pair of Ewoks from a pair of stormtroopers, and they present her with the dress as a thank you. Oh, nice. Um, so. Uh, uh, at the end of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Love it. So, but anyway, that's, uh, that's my number two. Where's your number two, Carl? Um, we are going to go off into the city in the clouds and we're going to go to empire strikes back and I call it watching slave one escape. Um, love this moment. Um, Leia is, she fights with such incredible tenacity to get to Han, right? As soon as Lando, you know, kind of pulls his double cross on the empire and, you know, takes the shackles off of Chewie and Leia, she immediately takes control, right? She takes control of the situation. Um, and she is about to let Chewie just strangle Lando because they're both done with him In their eyes. He sold them out. But as soon as he, you know, reveals, I know where Han is. I can get to him. She immediately takes control. All right, let's go. We're going to go there. And no stormtrooper is going to get in her way of getting to the one she loves. You know, nope. she just, this is badass Leia, you know, just, she's going to, she's like a wrecking crew, <laughs> just rolling through. She's going to get to Han because she loves him. And in a weird way, it actually made me think of Ben wrecking the Knights of Ren. It's that similar tenacity. It's that Organa tenacity that Ben has in that moment. Nobody's going to keep you from the person you love. You're going to give it everything you got to get there, right? So I st- on a side note, I still don't love the choreography of the fight with the Knights of Ren. It had such tremendous promise, and I thought it was wildly disappointing. Um, I think most of the choreography for Rise of Skywalker left us wanting. It, it left me wanting, at least. Last Jedi's choreography was awesome, and then you get Rise of Skywalker's. So it was just like, all right, all right. <laughs> um, but be that as it may... Um, what I do like at least is the reason it, while the fight isn't to me aesthetically pleasing. Um, again, it shows though Ben is on his way to Ray and he's going to get there no matter what it takes. So he just demolishes the Knights of Ren. And I feel like in this moment here with Leia, Leia just again, like she just becomes a force to be reckoned with as she makes her way to, to rescue Han. Um, 
But kind of similar to that moment I was talking about on Crate, this is one of those extremely human moments for Leia. When she gets to that landing platform just to see Slave One take off, what she was after, what she was fighting for, just gets out of her, like it's just beyond her her grasp. And that's just that look of despair in her eyes. This is a beautiful Carrie Fisher moment, the way she just visually acts this scene. Mm-hmm. There is that dis- look of defeat and despair as she watches the one she loves taken from her, right? She did everything she could to get there, and it just wasn't enough. That sucks. <laughs> like, that stinks when we throw ourselves so much into something and we come up just short. You know, we've all been there in life. And Leia's look in that moment to me is just it's every single human eye who who just sees what you're really after just slip out of your reach. Um, it's, like, it's like Finn chasing after right. Rey on Takadana. Exactly. Um, and I think what hits Leia in the gut there once again, I mean, similar to the, you know, even, you know, in a different way than when Alderaan gets destroyed. But what hits her again in the gut is something Leia's always had to get hit in the gut with, which is a taste of reality. And reality is, is you can't control everything, right? Sometimes things just happen and sometimes they happen even in spite of you working so hard to prevent them. And I love this moment for all those reasons, but again, it, it's a beautiful flip and um, on the character of Anakin, Anakin refuses to believe that he can't control everything. That's what leads him to becoming Darth Vader. He's incapable of accepting that sometimes things slip past your grasp. Whereas Leia, she isn't defeated by this moment. She's just like, all right, let's regroup, get to the Falcon, and we'll figure out how to get there next time, right? Um, She, so yes, she still wants, she still wants her, her goal to come to pass, but there is a sense of letting go, right? She doesn't just fall to her knees and cry and whimper and give up. She just redirects that energy, um, something her father was not very good at. Um, yeah. So that's my number two. Oh, it's it's a very good number two. I, I love it. Um, I don't have too much more to say to it other than the fact that, you know, it is it is such a very a uh, beautifully poignant uh, moment as she does watch Slave One fly away. You know, it, it, it the the expression and the emotion on her face, uh, followed by the complete refocusing and determination to, you know, save the rest of her friends um, as the stormtroopers start coming up behind them again uh, is is a great a great transition um, for that character. So, and I, and I do love the fact that you're like, yeah, she's not going to let anything stop in her way. And she's blasting her way through any stormtrooper that opposes her. Um, so, <laughs> and she's still pissed at them because they slowed her up when they're on the, you know, mm. they're getting to the Falcon, the door to the Falcon is open and Lando basically has to pull her through the door to get her to stop shooting the stormtroopers, you know, she she is her father's daughter, um, so, <laughs> in, in some senses. But she's you know she is there. She's going to stand there you know by herself if she has to, 
as a bulwark against the enemy and her friends, you know. And uh, it's a it's a great little you know um, action representation of of who she views herself as a person. You know, she she is this person that that stands in the gap and will do everything she can to defend her friends, defend the innocent, the weak, you know, from the tyranny. So um, that's it's just a very, you know, nice, you know, physical action representation of who she identifies herself to be, I think. So, yeah. Well, we're up to your number one, which I now know because of something I revealed earlier. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're, we're going up to uh, confronting Tarkin, you know. Uh, I love this scene. The, you know, Governor Tarkin, I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. I thought I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Charming to the last. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, she... I do love how you said that, you know, as they walk her into the room, she's flanked by two uh, of the Death Star troopers and Darth Vader behind her. And yet she looks like she's leading them into the room. She's in handcuffs, but she looks like she's leading them into the room. Like they are escorting her. Uh, You know, she's going where she wants to. And they are there as her escort. They are not, you know, rather than the other way around, they're not taking her anywhere. Um, but which I love, you know, and she's the only light in that entire room. I love the way it's visually, you know, depicted. Everything is is dark grays and blacks and, you know, and things like that. And she is the only figure in that entire scene that has any sort of, of light to her, you know, just from a color palette perspective, uh, which is definitely something that uh, Lucas was very deliberate with uh in a new hope is the, the color palettes and everything. It was very, very deliberate. Um, but it is, it is just, you know, one of the, the greatest scenes showcasing her strength of will, her strength of character, uh, as she stands there in the middle of the biggest Imperial battle station, you know, to ever exist. It is the center of military might right now. She's the only one, as far as she knows, that is not of the Empire on the entire station. And she refuses to bend. She refuses to break. And in even in spite of the fact that she witnesses her entire planet destroyed, you know, she has that moment of of, you know, I hesitate to call it desperation because I don't know if Leia really gets desperate. Um, but she has that moment where she tries to get up and, and stop things, you know, but, but of course it, it still happens in front of her. And then we find out, you know, from a later scene that she's resisted every form of interrogation afterwards still. You know, and and so Tarkin's done with her. So he's like, all right, just eliminate, terminate her. Um, and, and that's all still based after this, after she watches this happen. And I – it's so good and it is still one of the highlight moments, if in, in my case, the highlight moment for me with Leia um, 
It just showcases all of her great qualities, the compassion for her people, but the conviction and her strength of character and strength of will to continue to fight and safeguard um, the cause and the people that are depending on her. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I don't have anything else to say because I've already said my points, but yeah, I love that. Um, I love that it's your number one too. I mean, it's such an iconic Leia moment. It's great. It really is. All right. What um, is your number one? So I have a couple I, of ideas, but I don't know. Um, well, I'm going to, for one of the first times in a, in a top five moments list, I'm going to pull a Jason here and cheat a little bit. Um, oh, no. And, uh, yeah. When, when we like to do, you know, sometimes when we do moments, you're like, oh, I like this entire 20 minute section of the movie. And I'm like, all right, not, exa- <laughs> not exactly a moment, but that. we'll go with it. Um, I've only done that maybe three times, Carl. Sure. Yeah. And that's fine. But I've done it zero times up until now. Um, so, but to be fair, they are small moments, so it's easy to kind of combine them, but I'm calling it, um, master Leia training Ray. Um, Ah, and first off, I just want to, again, reiterate a kudos to JJ Abrams for making Leia work in a movie when Carrie Fisher was no longer with us. Right. Uh, the amount of flack JJ is still getting from rise of sky and rise of Skywalker is not a perfect movie. And it's certainly not a perfect star Wars movie, but it ain't that bad. And the, the vitriol with which people are attacking him. I mean, again, just like they did with Ryan Johnson, which was also ridiculous. Um, I just, I like JJ Abrams. I don't think he is the best director in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he has a really good heart and he's doing his best to make fun movies. Because that's what Star Wars is at the end of the day. So yeah. uh, while this is not a Leia moment, I just I want again, though, like I think not enough is being said about what he was able to create around this character with very limited footage. I mean, he has he has essentially what, maybe five minutes, not even of unused footage. And he made it work to the to a pretty darn good extent, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know. Again, I'm just I'm I'm just so sick of the vitriol um, that's out there against him um, from from so many folks. Like JJ hates this about Star Wars, or JJ hates the fandom because of this. It's like, nope. <laughs> you can keep reading into it your own your own sense of disappointment because that's fair. You're allowed to be disappointed, but it does not give you permission to attack the character of a human being you don't even know. <laughs> so, and it's the same arguments we were having back at Last Jedi. To be fair, um, yes. Now, putting all that aside, because, um, again, I think what J.J. did was phenomenal with the limitations he had. Um, and this, to me, the fact that my favorite stuff about Leia comes from Rise of Skywalker says a lot to that, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just I love that Leia steps up in Luke's absence to train Rey. Luke doesn't really train Rey, right? Like, he gives her some lessons. That's it. What Ray is left with is obviously these books, you know, the sacred Jedi text. She took them with her. She's going to learn from them. But you know what? I think we all know this. You can only learn so much from a book, right? Um, you can study and read about something all you want about a lifestyle. But until you start, you know, going after that lifestyle, it ain't going to be real. You know, you can read every single book on the history of Christianity. But until you step into a church and experience that living faith, you're not going to know it. Um, and the same is true of a Jedi. You can read all about their past. You can read all about, 
you know, their traditions and their teachings, but until you actually start living into them, that doesn't mean anything. And Leia is the one that's going to bridge that gap, you know? Um, and what we also learn in Rise of Skywalker, kind of to a point you were making earlier, Jason, um, is we get to actually see that she was trained by Luke. And we yes. get to see that she bested Luke, <laughs> you know, in their little lightsaber duel. I'm um, not surprised that she bested him in lightsaber combat. I'm not surprised she bested him in lightsaber combat. Neither am I. She's a better warrior than Luke. I mean, she grew up. She learned how to fight when she was younger, right? She learned self-defense. She learned yeah. all sorts of things. And then she fought with the rebellion for years. Um, yeah. And then with the well, there isn't the resistance at that point. But yeah, like the fact that she's good with a blade is not a surprise. <laughs> no, no, it's not at all. Um, but right, I think what I love so much about all this is that it shows that Leia really believes in the Jedi being restored and she really trusts Rey with that, right? Mm-hmm. She, that's not what Leia wants to do. That's not what Leia sees her role as. It wasn't what Leia saw her role as even back after Return of the Jedi, right? Like she, she certainly goes through some training but recognizes that her gifts and her skills can be better used forming the New Republic, right? Um, so that's what she gives her life to. Um, but here you've got Ray in need of training and Leia steps up and, um, you know, uh, she, she trains, she's kind of the perfect master for Ray too. She trains her knowing as we learn in this movie. And again, yes, this is some, I admit this isn't the best storytelling. Um, the whole Ray Palpatine, like I still admit that, like, I don't, I still don't love Ray being a Palpatine, but it is what it is. And what I like about the the reality with Leia here is, you know, we learned that Leia knew who her grandfather was, but chose to train her anyway, because Leia knows from her own life experience that she is better and you can be better than the sins of your parents, mm-hmm. right? That's not what defines you. And, you know, um, someone commented on her, uh, uh, I think Bidawan Skywalker, or Bid Skywalker, I can't remember the Twitter na- handle, but she pointed out that. She loves that line of never be afraid of who you are. That's one of my favorite lines in all of Star Wars, not just to mention Leia lines. It's definitely my favorite Leia line, but it is one of my favorite lines in Star Wars. Her last message to Rey, because I think she's well aware that Rey's going to uncover the truth here, is to never be afraid of that. Because Leia wasn't, she wasn't afraid of her own, you know, her, her being an offspring of Darth Vader. She knew she was more than those shortcomings. Um... So I just I love those moments where she's teaching Ray. She's teaching Ray to be patient, to really trust that the Force is has chosen her and will continue to make that path known. Leia is more like a guide than a master, too, right? And I really like that. Um, you know, this is a totally new type of Jedi relationship. It's not explicitly Master Padawan. I mean, yes, in a sense, it is, but it's also something else. Um, mm-hmm. She's more of a guide than a master, and I really like that. Um, and in a weird way, like obviously, yes, Ray refers to her as master only in that one. moment. It's still one of my favorite moments in that movie. Yes. Master <laughs> to me though, I would say that Leia is the master. And what I mean by that is she is the master because Leia knows herself in and out and that self-confidence and that self-acceptance of all of who she is from the, the shining lights to the darkest de- shadow she completely knows who she is and that gives her this in a very profound way, an unmatched connection to the force. Um, you know, and, and I, and I love that. Um, 
you know. And uh, yeah, so you know, Leia. Leia guides the destiny of the Jedi, right? Um, Luke gave her the training. Luke kind of restarted it, but now Leia is going to guide it into its future through the person of Rey. Um, and in that moment when she gives that final embrace to Rey, um, again, it reminds me of that, that embrace that Shmi, the last embrace Shmi gives to Anakin before he leaves Tatooine. Um, yeah. You know, Anakin's leaving to go fulfill his destiny. Shmi gives him the last of her love when he does that. Ray is leaving to go fulfill her destiny. Leia embraces her with this unconditional motherly love. And to me, in that moment, Master Leia also becomes the mother of Skywalkers. Um, <laughs> so I just I, I love how kind of all of all of the stuff that was started in Phantom Menace through the character of Shmi comes around again, comes kind of full circle in the character of Leia. Um, yeah. She is the other than Shmi, she is the other most perfectly motherly character in Star Wars. We see that literally we've talked about this already with her relationship to Ben, but I think it's just there's just something so pure and beautiful about her relationship with Rey. Um and Leia's own self acceptance, she gives that as a gift to Ray. Hey, yeah. you know, I've got my baggage too, but it never stopped me from being myself. You can do the same, Ray. Um, so that is, while it's not an explicit moment only, I mean, it's a f- few scattering of moments, that, mm-hmm. is, my, that is my favorite pers- personification of, of Leia. It's really good. Um, no, and I love it. And it, she does because of the limited footage it is you know limited knowledge that she's able to impart to us um but there's enough there that we get the idea of what she's been doing uh and and how she's been helping ray navigate this um so it's it's very beautiful and it's lovely and and i i'm glad you mentioned it i'm glad you had it i I thought it might be up there pretty high for you, but I wasn't sure um, this stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, it's it's great stuff. It's yeah. really great stuff. I don't want to say too much because you've you've said a lot already very nicely about it. So I'm gonna just kind of kind of let that <laughs> be the end cap for it because I don't I don't feel like anything I will say will come up to that. So. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, and I and I do love. I, I will say though, I do love your connection that you've made of of Leia in Rise of Skywalker to Shmi in the Phantom Menace. Um, that is that is a really really good connection that um, seems deliberate um, on the creators' parts. I think I think there there's a, a a deliberate attempt to create that connection, or at least. Um, reference that a little bit so yeah you know and, and the, there's a neat, at least enough of enough there that we can infer um yeah. that connection yeah and and honestly like i this is where again i would love um specifically some of you folks who are diehard leia fans to really weigh in on on this uh this point i'm making do you think i'm reaching too far um does it make sense to you um because again, this this is just something that I saw. It doesn't mean that it is there or that it needs to be there. But um, 
this is kind of where I, I kind of lend my ear to all of you who, who have a deeper connection with Leia than I do. And yeah. do, do you see that connection between Leia and Shmi? I'm just, I'm really curious. Um, I kind of just, as I was putting my notes together, I knew this was going to be my top one as I started putting the list together. Cause I was like, I just, I love, even though there's not a ton of her, I love Leia and rise of Skywalker so much. Um, and, uh, and then as I was like thinking all for all the reasons why I was like, wow, there is a lot of Shmi Skywalker here. Um, spirit of Shmi Skywalker, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I, that's one thing I'm really curious if, if, if other, I'd love to hear other folks, uh, thoughts on that. Um, so, so please let us know. We'd love to, would love to hear your thoughts. We really would. Um, well, there you go. There's, there's, uh, a whole episode full of incredible Leia moments for your listening pleasure. Indeed. Indeed there is. Um, indeed there are. And that leads us to our poll for next week's episode. And by the way, heads up for next week's episode. Um, like I said earlier at the start, the first episode of each month is going to be Star Wars lessons. Um, and I'm very excited for the guests that we've got for September's episode. Um, but as a lot of us are obviously... Uh, very sad that we won't be at celebration this weekend um, in mm-hmm. Anaheim. Uh, obviously, I'm bummed I won't get to see you, Jason, as well as so many other of our friends. Um, but there is a lot of rumor going around that we'll finally get that season two trailer this weekend for Mandalorian. So if we do, we will be back early next week with a regularly scheduled episode just to talk about that trailer. Um, if we don't get it, we'll have Star Wars lessons. If we do, Star Wars lessons will be in two weeks. So. Um, yeah. But I'm very excited for our next guest on that. Yes, I'm very excited uh, for that to get recorded and uh, listen to it, too. So, yes. So that being said, either next week we'll give the results or in two weeks. But our poll for next episode is what is your favorite Leia moment? Yeah. And I mean, the, we've we've listed quite a bunch uh, for you here. Uh, maybe yours is part of our, you know, somewhere on our list. Maybe it's not. We we love hearing all these uh, these types of polls, and I honestly think, you know, when when I get to go through and find the plethora of responses that we get to a poll like this, um, I always enjoy seeing what everybody else likes. So yeah. it's really, yeah, uh, yes. What is your favorite Leia moment? And Carl, if people want to weigh in on uh, anything we talked about tonight or to weigh in on that poll when we post it, where can they do that, sir? Um, of course, on Twitter at Wampas Lair. Uh, we have Instagram, the underscore Wampas Lair. Um, I'm really having a great time playing with our Instagram. Um, and of course, we're on Facebook, Wampas Lair Podcast. And you can always email us at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, is that all you got for tonight? That is it, my friend. Um, don't tighten your grip too much. Star systems might slip through. Indeed, indeed. Don't do that, folks. And that is your word of wisdom as we end this episode of the Wampas Lair podcast. This has been episode number 393. To us, she's royalty. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampas Lair.
Star Wars, Episode 4, While Giants Mark Time. time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. And there came a moment in that long struggle when the hope of freedom rested not with any great hero or leader, but rather with the humblest of characters. High above the sandy wastes of the desert planet Tatooine, a pitched space battle between starships has been fought to its conclusion. The rebel leader, Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan, has been captured by the Emperor's personal agent, Darth Vader. Entrusted to deliver secret information the Princess could no longer protect is the astro-droid R2-D2. With his interpreter counterpart, C-3PO, R2 has eluded capture by leaving Leia's disabled vessel in an escape pod. mad ideas have brought us out. Sand. Nothing but sand in every direction. Why I went along with this insane whim of yours, I still can't imagine. You ought to be grateful I got you out of that pot. I wasn't designed for that sort of brute labor. I'd have been better off taking my chances with the stormtroopers back there on the tent of Ifor. Wait a minute. Where are you going? Artu, wait for me. Ignore me. I still haven't forgiven you for that crash landing. My Jarvis is still fluttering. You see, my equilibrium is quite gone. But of course you're having trouble with this sand dune. What do you think you are, an exploration vehicle? We seem to be made to suffer. It's our lot in life. I've simply got to rest before I fall apart. My joints are almost frozen with sand. Oh. Where are you going? Over that way? Well, I'm not going over that way. It's much too rocky. I'm going this way. Oh, yes? And just what makes you so sure there are settlements over there? Don't get technical with me, you grudge. Mission? What secret plans? I've just about had enough of this. Go that way. Go on. Here, I'll start you off. You'll be clogged with sand and malfunctioning within a day, you nearsighted scrap pile. Absolutely not. And don't let me catch you crawling back begging for help, because you won't get it. No, no more adventures. I am going this way. You're on your own from now on. Anything to report? Nothing so far, sir. Deploy your squads along that dune ridge and stay alert. Yes, sir. Follow me, you men. 
You, get inside that escape pod and check it out thoroughly. Yes, sir. Rest of you spread out and search for tracks. I want the entire area secured. Let's go. We must continue until we find something, Lieutenant. Lord Vader will not accept a failure of this mission. We're checking now, Commander. You in there, what have you found? The scanner shows no sign of occupants, sir. Or of the data tapes, either. I want that pod torn apart. The scanner reads negative, Lieutenant. Someone's already taken the plans and gotten away. Commander. One of the men found this near the pod. It's a plating ring from a droid, sir. Droids? That's how the plans got off the princess ship. Lieutenant, make contact with our vessel and get more troops down here. Yes, sir. Inform Lord Vader that I'm organizing a search of the entire region. And tell him what we're hunting. Droids from the Princess Leia's ship. into going this way. He'll do no better. I don't think I can go on much further. My photoreceptors will be burned out by those binary suns. My joints will lock up and I'll overheat. Oh, oh, this fortune has always pursued me. Oh, oh, what's that over there? Oh, something gleaming. It's, it's some kind of transport machine. Oh, whoever they are, they'll, they'll know something about repair. Repair. They'll have lubricants. Oh, oh, oh. Over here! Help! Help! Please help! Over this way! You've got to see me! You simply have to! They've seen me! Oh, oh, oh! Oh, they're changing course! Ah, they're coming this way! Oh, oh, oh! I'm saved! under their hoods, except their glowing eyes. How eerie. What are you doing? Let go! Oh, my joint went clogged. Take your hands off me, you filthy little creatures. No, 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 don't shoot, don't shoot. There's no reason to go pointing that gun. I'm really friendly, see? My hands are in the air. What do you want me to do? Yes, yes, I'm holding still, see? What's that? No, 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 not a restraining bolt. No, no, no! I've been through enough. I don't suppose you happen to have seen anything of my counterpart, a rather short asteroid droid. Yes, yes, a machine sort of like me, about waist height to me. He was heading off in that direction the last time. Wait, wait, what are you doing? Stop pushing. What do you want me to do? Stand here under this conduit, like so. Well, might I ask what you're going to do? Uncle Owen? Mm. 
Well, I couldn't find anything at Anchorhead or Tashi Station. Well, maybe we could do without any help from droids, Luke. Hard work might see us through. But we're never going to be able to keep this farm at peak efficiency <clears throat> through the harvest without more help. With one or two more droids, we'd make a much bigger profit. And where do you suppose we're going to find this help if there's nothing in Anchorhead or Tashi Station? There'll be a Jawa Sandcrawler through here soon. Uh, Maybe they'll have something. Uh, those little scavengers. Find some piece of broken up machinery, wire it together with flexicord and spit, and after a few hours functioning, it falls apart. Well, it wouldn't hurt to look. <sighs> yeah, I guess not. Mm. Your aunt keeps pestering me for a domestic droid to help her around the house anyway. All right, send a signal flare up. If those Jawas are in the area, they'll come pretty quick. Great. Thanks, Uncle Owen. This is the strangest collection of droids and robots I've ever seen. Uh, after all I've been through, to be picked up by these disgusting creatures and dumped in a sort of glorified salvage bin. I'm mortifying. What? Oh, oh, what? R2-D2? R2! It is you! It is you! Oh, r 2 glad to see you. They sucked you up in that horrible thing too, did they? Yes, well, those creatures who captured you, us, are called Jawas, I managed to find out. And, uh, this vehicle is referred to as a sand crawler. Oh, well, yes. That is, I, I'm afraid that I was partially at fault there. You see, I merely asked those Jawas earlier if they'd seen anything off them. I did not tell them where you were on purpose. If you must know, I was simply concerned for you, 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 you short-circuited incompetent. And this is the thanks I get. Oh, we're off again. Well, how should I know where we're going? I wish they hadn't captured you. Now I'm forced to endure your insufferable company again to you. a guess that those Jawas have brought us out here to auction us off. We seem to be at some kind of moisture farm. Oh, look, there are humans over there. Maybe they'll purchase us. Then we'd be free of those awful Jawas. Artu, Artu, get back in line. Artu, get back in line. They'll never buy... Artu, what are you doing to that R5 unit? Artu! R2-D2, you know droids are not supposed to modify other droids without human supervision. Honestly, I don't know what's got into you. Here come the humans. Get back in line. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm telling you straight off. I don't want any junkers, rebuilds, or scrap heap candidates. Maybe try. Oh, already got a tread well. Don't need another. What's this? A Mark II reactor drone? I haven't used these clunkers in 20 years. Hmm. No, got no use for a power droid. Well, I might be able to use an R2 unit. What? But this blue one's kind of beaten up. Talks too much, too. Well, this red R5 might do, though, if the price is right. Yeah, yeah, they'll probably like a lot of Now, let's see. You! Sir, 
I suppose you're programmed for etiquette and protocol. Protocol? Why, that is my primary function, sir. I am also... Yeah, I have no use for a protocol droid. Of course not, sir. Not in a climate as hostile as this one. But might I point out that I have been programmed for over 30 secondary functions that range from... Trans- what I need is a droid that understands the binary language of moisture evaporators. Evaporators? Why, sir, my first job was programming binary load lifters. Very similar to your evaporators in many respects. Uncle Owen? Yeah? Amperu told me to tell you that if you buy a translator droid, make sure it speaks Pachi. Oh, yeah, thanks, Luke. Hey, droid, you speak domestic Pachi? Of course I do, sir. It's like a second language to me. I am also, if I might say, quite fluent in... Oh, shut up. Shutting up, sir. I'll take this one, too. Hey, Luke. Yeah? Take this interpreter droid here and that red R5 unit down to the tech dome. Get them cleaned up by supper time. But I was going into Tashi Station for those converters we ordered. You can waste time with your idle friends when your chores are done. Now hop to it. Yes, sir. You. Yes, sir. Follow me. <laughs> Goodbye, Archie. And you too, the red R5 unit. Well, come on, Red. Let's go. Hey, what are you... Uncle Owen? Uncle Owen? This R5 unit's got a bad motivator. Look, he blew its stack. Hey, what are you jealous trying to... Excuse me, sir, but that blue R2 unit over there is in prime condition. A real bargain, if I might say so. Oh, okay. Hey, Uncle Owen? Yeah? What about that little blue R2 unit? What about that one? All right, good enough. Look, take the blue one. I'm sure you and your uncle will be very pleased with that one, sir. I've worked with him before. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Come on, we got some cleaning up to do. Now, don't you forget this, Uncle. Why I should stick my neck out for you is quite beyond my capacity. A fully equipped tech dome. Oh, this is paradise. Yeah, right. Well, just stand steady on that lift. I'll lower you into the oil bath. You're ready, sir. Here goes. Oh, 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 How is that? Thank you, sir. Oh, oh, oh this feels so good. Sad. My counterpart and I are both in your debt, sir. Well, thanks, but I'd rather be at Toshi Station. At least there's something going on there. Uh, Bink was right. I should get myself off this old dust ball. Oh, which dust ball are we on, sir? Well, if there's a bright center to the universe, we're on the planet it's farthest from, Tatooine. I see, sir. You can call me Luke. I see, sir, Luke. Oh, just Luke. Oh, and I am C-3PO, Human-Cyborg Relations, and that is my counterpart, R2-D2. Hello. Uh, 3PO, that's about enough of the oil bath for you. Oh, well, yes. Oh. Now let's take a look at the R2. Oh, yes. Mm. Well, R2, you got a lot of carbon scoring here in your oh. integrators. Let me see what I can do for you. <laughs> Looks like you two boys have seen a lot of action. With all we've been through, I'm amazed we're in as good condition as we are, considering there's a rebellion going on. What? You know something about the rebellion against the Empire? Well, that's how we come to be in your service, sir, if you take my meaning. Were, were you in any battles? Uh, over Tatooine? Several, I think. Then I did see ships firing on each other. What was it like? Actually, sir, for a droid, a space battle is largely a matter of loud noise and having humans order you out of their way. <laughs> well... Your life sounds a lot more interesting than mine, 3PO. Well, R2, you got something jammed in here real good. Were you two on a star cruiser or a... Oh, oh my goodness! Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. What? What is that? A holographic projection? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. It certainly appears to be one, sir. 
R2 Master Luke asked you what it is. Help, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. What do you mean, what is what? He says it's nothing, sir. Merely a malfunction. Old data. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. That girl. She's beautiful. Who is she? I think she was a passenger on our last voyage. A person of some importance, as I believe. Well, is there any more to this recording? Sounds like it's incomplete here. Maybe I can adjust our two so that... Hey, take it easy. R2-D to behave yourself. You're going to get us into very grave trouble. You can trust him. He's our new master. He says that he is the property of Obi-Wan Kenobi, a resident of this very region. The holographic projection is part of a message for him. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Frankly, sir, with what we've been through, it's no surprise this little R2 unit has become a bit eccentric. I don't know anyone named Obi-Wan, but old Ben Kenobi lives somewhere out near the Western Dune Sea. He's kind of a local character, you know, a hermit. My uncle ran him off our property once, but I never heard of Ben owning a droid. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. She is so beautiful. I wonder who she is. She's in some kind of trouble, that's for sure. Maybe we better hear the rest of the message. He claims the restraining bolt the Jawas put on him is inhibiting his motivational components. He suggests that if you can move the bolt, he might be able to play back the entire message. Well, I guess you're too small to run away on me if I take off the bolt. Here we go. Hey, what happened to the holograph? Where'd she go? Play back the entire message, R2. What do you mean, what message? The one you just played for Master Luke. The one you're carrying inside your rusty innards. I'm sorry, sir, but he seems to have developed a circuitry flux. Luke! Luke! Time to get cleaned up for dinner! Uh, be right there, Aunt Baru. See what you can do with him, 3PO. Yes, sir. I'll be back right after dinner. Goodbye, Master Luke! Just you reconsider playing that tape for him. And just mind your manners, R2, or you'll make Master Luke very angry. No, I don't think he likes you at all. No, I don't like you either. And what's the idea of showing him that tape? You knew what would work. Then, then it was all a trick to get him to take the restraining bolt off you. Why, R2-D2, that is, that is deceitful. I don't want to hear any more about secret plans or missions or Obi-Wan Kenobi. We're droids. It's not our place to get involved with human disputes. I think it's your motivator that's gone faulty. Now, wait a moment. Where are you going? But you can't go outside. Come back here before you get us both deactivated for good. You can't survive out there, R2. R2! Your dinner's on the table, Luke. Your uncle's already started. Thanks, Aunt Peru. You know, Uncle Owen, mm. I think that R2 unit we bought might have been stolen. Well, what makes you think that? Hmm. Well, I was cleaning him up and I stumbled across a part of a holographic recording. That R2 unit says he's the property of someone named Obi-Wan Kenobi. What? Kenobi? Yeah. I thought he might have meant old Ben Kenobi. Do you know who he's talking about? Maybe it's somebody related to Ben. No, that old man's just a crazy wizard. Look, take that R2 unit into Anchorhead and have its memory flushed. Well, what if this Obi-Wan comes looking for him? I don't think he exists anymore. He, uh, he died about the same time as your father. You mean Obi-Wan knew Luke, my father? Luke, I told you to forget it. 
I don't want you talking to strangers about our family, and I don't want anyone filling your head with this made-up nonsense. But, Uncle Owen, if I you mean it, Luke. Now, in the morning, I want those new droids up on that south ridge working. Yes, sir. You know, uh, I think those two new droids are going to work out just fine. In fact, uh... I'm thinking of sending my application to the Academy for this year. That's before the harvest. Yeah, but uh, you've got more than enough droids. The harvest is when I need you the most. It's only one more season. This year we'll make enough money so I'll be able to hire on some hands. You can go to the Academy next year. But Owen... Now, Mrs., this is between Luke and me. Boy, it's going to be a whole nother year. It's only one more season. Yeah. It's just what you said when Biggs left for the Academy. Luke, you haven't finished your dinner. Where are you going? Nowhere, it looks like. Well, I've got some work to do on those droids. Owen, hmm? Luke can't stay here forever. I'll make it up to him next year. I promise. Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He's got too much of his father in him. And you won't be able to put that subject off forever either. Luke's going to want to know the truth. I'm going to protect him for as long as I can. But you can't live his life for him, Owen. I only wish I could, Baru. I only wish I could. R2. Where are they? Crazy droid. You can't leave them alone for a minute. Let me see. Where did I leave that restraining bolt activator? Oh, oh please. Wait, what? I'll come up. Please don't deactivate. 3PO, what are you doing hiding behind the land speeder? And where's R2? It wasn't my fault, sir. I, I couldn't stop him. What? I told R2 not to go, but I think it's his motivator oh, no. malfunctioning. He was babbling on about his mission. I've got to find him. The, but... Master Luke, uh, he went ages ago. Uh, Master Luke! Uh, 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 Master Luke, I... Oh. Boy, I can't see him out there anywhere, even with the macro binoculars. How could he have gotten so far? Well, you can hardly blame yourself, sir. He's become, well, very devious recently. Plastic. But pardon me, sir, couldn't we go after him? No, it'd be too dangerous, what with all the sand people in the area. We're gonna have to wait till morning. Oh. I'll be right there, Uncle Owen. Boy, am I gonna get it. That little droid friend of yours is gonna cause me a lot of trouble. Oh, he excels at that stuff. Well, at first light, we'll take my land speeder and pick up his trail. Maybe we can get him back before Uncle Owen finds out. I'm sure we will recover him tomorrow, sir. Then your troubles will be solved. Somehow, I think all I'm gonna get is a new set of troubles. R2-D2, faithfully carrying out the mission given to him by the Princess Leia Organa, inadvertently draws Luke Skywalker into the Rebellion's most desperate crisis. Merciless Imperial agents are scouring Tatooine for the droid and his secret, while across the desert there waits the enigma of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Tomorrow will be a day like no other 
in Luke Skywalker's young life. Star Wars, Episode 4 by Brian Daly. Based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Anne Garrity as Aunt Beru, and Thomas Hill as Uncle Owen. The series was directed by John Madden, with sound mixing and post-production by Tom Vagley. Music by John Williams. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Story editor for the series was Lindsay Smith. Casting and production coordination by Mel Saar. Executive producer was Richard Toskin. Executive producer for Lucasfilm was Carol Teitelman. <laughs> <laughs>